It is by will alone I set my mind to read. It is by the juice of corn that words acquire meaning, the pages acquire stains, the stains become a review. It is at patreon.com slash sword and laser you can provide support. Hey everyone, welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. And I'm Tom Merritt. Sword and Laser is a book club, but it's so much more. We bring you author interviews news from the world of science fiction and fantasy and awesome discussions from fans like you. I tried to do it off the top of my head and I panicked because I thought I was going to say the wrong thing and then I forgot what it was, but then I, I think I recovered. You did. Uh, in fact, uh, it felt more like a pregnant pause, you know, like you were saying, we bring you, we bring you author interviews. It was like a Shatner-esque. Uh, yeah. It felt a little bit too long. No. Mm, I think it's a matter of opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Like pregnant uh, we'll let, pause, we'll let the but like overdue decide. a couple of weeks, like 42 <laughs> weeks. <laughs> yeah. So this was a, uh, this was a late baby. It was, was your thought. Uh, yeah. But healthy, like a, perfectly like an 11 healthy. pounder, yeah. like a little 12 yeah. pounder. Oh, wow. Just oh. like, you know, thanks. Ooh, no thanks. It's a lot of thought. All right. What are you drinking, Tom? Korean food. Like, like a uh, blended no, no, I'm not actually drinking like a smoothie? it. Smoothie. I just have chopsticks. Um, but yeah, we found a new Korean place delivers to our house, and it's Ooh. really good. What, what did you get? We got some gaibei. We got some wings. Uh, we got some beef, spicy pork, pork belly. I saw a picture on the internet this week of um, a, a slice of pork belly that still had a nipple attached. Yeah. Mm, Is that mm-hmm. they charge extra for that? <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> this is the special. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So cool. Cool. Well, how come no? So no beer, no wine, just. No, because I was too busy eating the Korean food. I should have soju is what I should have, but I don't. That's okay. That's all right. Pretend I'll drink I, I'm going to get it later. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm having my uh, still working through that uh, gun bun collection. Uh, I'm on the Chardonnay this week. Mmm, delish. Yeah. And I would like to thank Tamahome for commenting on my hair being down tonight. Oh, very, yes. Said it, very, it looked very luxurious. Feels very 2008 in here. It's a little frizzy. But yeah. um, yeah, trying trying something new. Now that my hair is like not falling out actively anymore, it's nice to be able to, to wear it down every <laughs> once in a while. Yeah, that's a, it ma- makes it easier. Yeah, if you don't hair. let it down and it just keeps falling down, that's much yeah, better. It's great. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> um, hey, we wanted to make a quick announcement and thanks again um, yearly for for Rob Zach coming through and Absolutely. reminding us and handling uh, this whole part of our community. Um, but the World Builders uh, charity. Uh, situation is back live. Um, So it's going to run through December 14th. Um, Rob created a whole team page for Sword and Laser. It's fun because not only are you raising money, but you're also kind of competing against other teams. Um, So that's like a really like, you know, a little competitive aspect to it. That's really great. Um, So you can help support World Builders and Heifer International by making a donation through our page. Um, It's super fast, easy, secure. Um, And again, thank you so much to our support. We already met our first goal. Um, Goals are being matched also. I'm not sure Mm -hmm. how that works. Mm -hmm. Um, But someone, I don't know if it's a mysterious someone or if it's just 
as part of the the fundraising campaign, but some angel out there is matching donations. Um, And also my work, your work, if you work for a big company, might also match your donations. So like Adobe, for example, my employer um, is matching my donations. So that was pretty cool. So yeah, head over to uh, fundraise.worldbuilders.org slash sword and laser, and you can make a donation and and help us, you know, end end world hunger. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we probably won't end it tonight. Not tonight. Maybe not this year. We'll get closer if you help. It's a step in the right direction. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And of course, the the, uh, Sword and Laser connection, aside from just a cool community doing cool things, um, World Builder is Patrick Rothfuss's organization. Um, So he's this is one of the big projects that he takes on every year. Um, And it's super, super rad. Thanks, Patrick Rothfuss. You're the best. He is the best. All right. Well, now it is time for our quick burns. Tom Mahomes says Amazon has a wheel of time guide in case you're you're a little bit lost. Um, are you caught up on the show? Are you watching it over I on Amazon Prime? I haven't started Prime? watching it. It's, <gasps> you it's haven't? One of those, no, it's one of those things that I've, I'm like, I've got to get to it. But we've been so busy. I have so many things I have to watch for my other show, Cord Killers. Uh, and this is not one of them yet. Uh, so I, I plan to do what I did with lock and key. It took me, it took me a minute to get up to speed on lock and key. And then I blazed through it. And I have a feeling I'll do that with wheel of time, which will be easier because lock and key was the whole thing at once on Netflix. This is at least I'll, I'll have a chance of catching up. So I'll probably binge it, you know, maybe starting this weekend. Have you started it? Yeah, obviously. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I'm really good, looking good. forward to the next episode. Um, so longtime fans of the show uh, may be uh, remembering that I only made it through the first four books, which apparently if you're not a sci-fi fantasy slash genre nerd, um, that's actually pretty impressive. But if you are are a science fiction and fantasy nerd, you might say only four out of like how many books was it? I thought it was 12, but I think it's actually like 15. Um, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Someone, someone in the chat will correct me pretty quickly, I'm sure. Um, but it's a lot. And I only finished the first four. And when I told Ryan, my husband, he was like, you read that series, right? And I was like, nah, only the first four. And he was like, only the first four. <laughs> well, so many people are just used to trilogies. They're like, wait, right. there's more than four. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. There's more than three. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, but the show I'm really enjoying and I honestly, I don't remember a ton from reading the, the first, uh, you know, quarter of the series. Um, but apparently there's a lot in the show that did not happen in the books, which they do that sometimes to kind of yeah, make it that's, flow that's a little not bit better unusual, right? or to yeah. condense some, you know, some, mm. uh, portions of the story or characters get condensed sometimes too. Yeah. Um, not sure if that's happening here. You're telling a visual story where people look at things. Uh, and so a lot of the things you can do on the page just don't work. Uh, yeah, you can do a voiceover instead of, you know, having the, the, the narrator's thoughts or whatever, but that can be kind of clunky. Uh, and also you're telling it in a different, in different fragments of time with a book, you sit down and you read as much of it as you want. The author is like, this is how long the chapter is based on how long I want to tell the story with a TV show. You usually, we have more flexibility than we used to fitting into a standard broadcast clock, but you're still, people are used to chunks of, you know, around 30 minutes, around an hour, depending. Uh, and so you, you want to have these, these tight little narrative arcs in each episode, which again, uh, it won't always fit how the story is told in, in book form. So you, you've, 
when when people sometimes complain, well, that's not how the story is in the book. I'm like, yes, but if they actually did it exactly as it was in the book, you wouldn't like it either because it doesn't fit the format. Yeah. You got it yeah, wouldn't. you got to make some changes. That happened in another story recently too. Uh, oh, well, I think the Expanse writers talked about this a lot. How there's a yeah. lot going on, um, kind of in in the internal monologue of the the characters' inner monologue yeah. that is harder to translate on screen. So you have to add a little more. What is the word that I'm trying to think of? Uh, it's with an E. It means when you're t- exposition. Exposition, yeah. Or you you have to look at like okay what what was what was contributed to the story by the thoughts in the mm-hmm. in the written word, and what are the important parts of that, and how else can we convey that? Maybe it's exposition. Maybe it is voiceover. I thought that I was going, you know, or, or maybe you're like, ah, we can show so-and-so picking up the plant and putting it in his face or whatever it was. <laughs> Great <that> example. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, let's, uh, let's move along to Mark, uh, who pointed out an interesting new graphic novel called the history of science fiction, a graphic Ooh. novel adventure by Xavier Dolo with art by Jibril Morissette fan. For the first time in illustrated form, this comprehensive history of sci-fi traces its origins and charts its history from its humble beginnings to its respected status today. I love this idea. I'm always a little bit trying to keep us from mission creep. So I tend to be like, we should only do graphic novels if they're related to stories we would read otherwise not in graphic novel form. I never thought we would have a graphic novel history of science fiction. This is really cool. Yeah, I'm not sure how to it links uh, it links to a um, a comic book locator website, comics shop, comicshoplocator.com. And then I guess that's how you can find like a hard copy of this. But I'm trying to see if it's on like comicsology or something like that, like a way to to read it on Kindle or um, iPad. Yeah, you can get it from comicsology, iBookstore, Google Play, Isneo, oh, Kobo, and Kindle. How did you in find digital, that? In digital form. Uh, there's a link down there that uh, says uh, digital comic under in the same series, oh. it's a little confusing because it's the same yeah. logo, right? So, you, so your eye kind of goes right over it. But if you click on that, then that <gasps> gives you a different buy it now button. I see. Very, very cool. Okay. That makes sense. Right on. Um, so yeah, this looks fun. I'm, I'm, I definitely want to check this out. Uh, this is something I'm, I'm going to add to my list tonight. All right, Mark, or no, that was Mark. Trike says, uh, the Barnes & Noble Speculative Fiction Book of the Year is Under the Whispering Door by T.J. Clune, who was the author of The House in the Cerulean Sea. Um, Trike says, I gave this book five stars primarily because I read it around the same time as the anniversaries of the deaths of four of my friends. Jeez, Trike, oh, I'm so sorry. Wow. So it hit me harder than it normally would. Right book, right time. So it will likely make my personal quote best of the year list, but I'm not sure I'd give it the top spot. That said, I do recommend it. Can't go wrong with a ghost dog. See also nice. in a way. <laughs> yes, I do love the ghost dog in a lot of way as well. So you, you've hooked me, Trike. Well done. It's so interesting how certain authors kind of come around in certain times and, you know, I, when I first started saying this, I meant this in the case of, like, I hadn't heard of T.J. Clune before I read House of mm-hmm. the Cerulean Sea. Um, and now I'm seeing their work all over the place. And yeah. I wasn't aware of it before this. And so I'm like, oh, I want to read more of their books. Is that so, the Bader-Meinhof effect? Is that what that's called? Oh, you know, I think you might be right. 
um, someone's going to to Google that for us. But yeah, I think that's the man. I can't think of where I have to tell you. My brain is so fried from work. I can't even like think straight. You're I'm doing good. Emails and Slack messages like while we're doing this podcast. So I'll try to <laughs> try to focus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, work, work, other work separation. <laughs> I don't, yeah. yeah. Work, work separation. <laughs> I don't know how that works. Separation between uh, work state and church and work, work church. church? <laughs> Which one are we? <laughs> Didn't work. Ah, <laughs> uh, nicely done. Uh, Jan uh, pointed out that Ridley Scott has revealed that not only is an alien live action series in the works, but a Blade Runner one as two. Of course, Blade Runner uh, is loosely based on Philip K. Dick's Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? As Variety writes, Scott, quote, suggested the Blade Runner adaptation is being plotted as a 10-episode series. Uh, Scott said, we have already written the pilot for Blade Runner and the Bible. That's, uh, you know, the thing that the writers work off of. Mm -hmm. So we're already presenting Blade Runner as a TV show the first 10 hours. Scott also said Alien was getting a similar treatment. The pilot is being written along with a Bible of what transpires in 8 to 10 hours of that show. I will probably watch uh, the Blade Runner. It's interesting that they call them live action series. I would have just assumed they were live action series. I guess there's with science fiction and fantasy, particularly, there's so much animated going on that maybe the yeah, maybe the variety is just like, you know, what? when it's live action, let's make sure we say so. So people understand in case it because there have been a lot of Philip K. Dick's works turned into animated features, too. So that makes sense. That's true. Yeah, I alien I can do without probably, but I understand why people are excited about it. Xenomorphs. Um, Armut in the chat says, anyone else preferred to see uh Blumkamp's uh alien movie? Bloomcamp, Blum Neil, Blum, 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 Camp, Bloom Camp, Blum. Yeah. Camp. That guy. Mm-hmm. That guy. Um Yeah. <laughs> I would have liked to have seen that. I probably would have been too scared, but I would have been intrigued. I was going to say, you, would, you wouldn't have watched either of them. <laughs> I'm watching the new Dexter show, kind of. Are you? Oh, look yeah. at you. Nicely I watched done. all of Dexter. That was, right. you know, on the new, like, level of scary for me. Anywho, um, Mark says the audiobook of Aftermath by LeVar Burton, read by the author, has been nominated for a Grammy under Best Spoken Word Album. Aftermath is an SF tale of a, quote, near future United States torn apart by civil war and deep racial strife. So not science fiction. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And then Mark goes on to say, have any other sci-fi and fantasy tales been nominated for a Grammy? And then he actually has an answer. Yeah, he links to his own posting on another thread of uh, of a listing of these, starting with Slaughterhouse-Five by Ooh, Kirk yeah. Vonnegut Jr. in 1974. There's also Fahrenheit 451, The Silmarillion, uh, Adventures of Luke Skywalker, The Empire Strikes Back original cast, uh, Donovan's Brain, Orson Welles, Raiders of the Lost Ark, the movie on record, Foundation's Edge, Isaac Asimov, 2010 Odyssey 2. Uh, th- there's a bunch. We, we don't have time to list them all. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is in here. Uh, I am Spock by Leonard Nimoy, which of course isn't oh. science fiction, but mm-hmm. uh, Mark writes, but Spock. So yeah, <laughs> it's a mention. We'll, we'll, we'll accept it. Seth says best of lists are starting to be thick on the ground, but I thought this one was worth linking here. Picked by notable authors, Lavi Tidhar and Sylvia Moreno Garcia, and including some books I hadn't heard of before. It is a Washington post listing of uh, just good, good picks of the year. So if you, you need something to add to your list, 
you could do worse than Strange Beasts of China by Yan Gay or Swordstone Table, Old Legends, New Voices, or others that I can't see because there's a paywall that I haven't paid for. I am super curious. I keep seeing this, the album of Dr. Moreau uh, by Daryl Gregory showing up on a lot of lists and now I'm, it's working. The, uh, the campaign, (laughs) the campaign is working on my brain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I do know that it is Washington Post. So you've got to be a Washington Post subscriber to to read it. Unless you have not exhausted your free pages, which I definitely have. I have not (laughs) yet. So I'm able to see it. That's how I was able to to see this list. So I'll save it as a PDF for you and send it to you if you're interested. Now, don't do that. That's getting around the terms of service. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I was joking. That was a joke. That was just for humor's sake. Of course it was a joke. It's satire. That's right. Buzz says, Leviathan Falls, the ninth and final novel in The Expanse, has just dropped. And Running I'm and jumping around the house with my arms flapping over my head and a crazed look in my face while shouting, woohoo! That's from Buzz. Um, and then Mark says, Jade Legacy, the third and final novel in the Green Bone Saga, just dropped. Do you have a copy? Are yeah. you showing me no, a copy? I can't see it. It's cut it's off. Camera. I forgot we were, we were tighter. Tighter. <gasps> it's beautiful. So you're still getting books, huh? I, you know what? For Jade Legacy and for Leviathan Falls, I bought hardbacks for the first time in a long time. Good for you. I'm like, you know what? I love these series both. And I, I want the thing. I want the book. Mm-hmm. So I have read every James S.A. Corey, The Expanse uh, novel and novella on digital. Mm-hmm. And this time I am not. I'm reading dead tree paper. Oh, man. I haven't. And the reason uh, the reason Leviathan Falls isn't in here is because it's in my bedroom because I've been reading it. Because you've been reading it. Oh, good. I'm excited. All right. That's that's tough because I'm already enjoying um, our March pick and I'm reading our uh, current month's pick and I want to read the new Green Bone Saga yeah. novel. See, I'm doing our picks on audio. Mm-hmm. So I have a different time of day carved out for that. I am listening uh, so it to kind of our current pick conflict. audio. Yeah. yeah, I just have a, a not a ton of time to do anything. So, unfortunately, cool. Lots of good stuff. Always, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, now it is time for Barrier Sword, which is our feedback from the audience. You want to start us off? H. M. Mead wrote on Twitter uh, in response to someone asking about favorite book podcasts. Reading Glasses podcast is a great one for book lovers. And Sword and Laser is a great sci-fi fantasy book podcast. Meta Milk Pod, I'm not familiar with this one, is a wonderful life's big questions kind of podcast. And Office Ladies Pod is fun if you're a fan of the show The Office. I, lo- I, I do love that The Office is kinda getting a new life with the Gen Z crowd. Very exciting. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's very dating of it to be a classic watch like friends, I know, like friends. Like, wow. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess they kind of almost touch, they overlap. How come maybe they're not year. like classic watching cheers or like there cheers is actually getting a little bit of classic watch, really? but it just isn't getting the buzz. Uh, I think partly because it is even more dated having started in the early eighties and there's mm-hmm. some, some definite misogyny going on in cheers that if don't, you don't yeah. want to look past, you're not going to enjoy it. What about like Mork and Mindy? I feel like I that's know. got like a hipster Mork vibe and Mindy in a lot of time. Like, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, I don't know. 
um, TT Lintz says, uh, Sword and Laser, I've loved you for a long time, but now I'm totally invested and it's torture between episodes. You're toying oh, no. with me. We didn't mean to I'm toy. Sorry. No, no. T, we're here. We're here, TT. We're here for you right now. Welcome. Welcome. But if you, you had too much of us, you, yeah, you wouldn't, if you had too much of us, you wouldn't, you'd get sick of us. So we just, and don't know. forget, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of back episodes and True. there's a lot of video episodes somewhere. Mm-hmm. Are there? Yep. <laughs> there's season they two at least. On, yeah. Yeah. They're around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can find them. No, it, uh, we have them way back on our blog somewhere post reposted. You got to look for the reposts. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, really? I confirmed okay. this. Yep. Okay. Yeah, because we went through and re-uploaded them to our own YouTube channel and to archive.org, I think, even. Okay. I thought we didn't own the first season. We got the first season back okay. at one point. They okay. gave it to us and cool. said, here, it's yours now. Uh, I know this because I did all the re-uploading and reposting of the of the, the rewind. That's terrible. I'm sorry. Yeah. It was a good, good job, though. Thanks. Ruth says, I love the verbal picture from last week of me as the leader of a plucky band of rebels going against the tyranny of the official October book pick. (laughs) Also, I love the concept of a 300 page novella, kind of like a three course snack or a 40 mile marathon. That's Ted Williams for you, I guess. Uh, and then Jenny responded to that. I think in the past when an alt pick has been unofficial, it was referred to as a rogue read. So Ruth is the rogue leader mm. of a plucky band of rebels, obviously. Well said. Well said. Very well said. Um, that's cool. Yeah, we haven't done we haven't done an unofficial official. Is that your dog? Yep. That's loud <laughs> drinking over there. Chosen what is what moment. is your dog drinking? Bodega is drinking uh, water. Looks like water. Mm. Yeah. Any any She's, kind particular kind of, of water? You're choosing now to be so thirsty. Oh, baby girl. You don't you don't choose. You know you, you don't get choose the, when you get you're thirsty. Thirst you know. Hit you. No, it's not you the gotta, toilet. It was her her dog bowl is situated right. Yes, Veronica does not sit next to the toilet when she records. Thank goodness. My office so. is in the kitchen. Um, Mm. these days because I have given it up for the baby human child. Um, so now I, I work out of the office and so that's why I sound echoey and why my dog can drink her water right by my feet. So. (laughs) Oh, but Dega just wanted to be on the show. That's nice. This is, this is our life. It's our life. It's fine. Ray? Ray's like fast asleep right now. Yes. Snoring somewhere. That's cute. Um, also apparently, uh, Mork and Mindy is not appropriate, <laughs> according to Erica. <laughs> so, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. Well, Ruth, you are part of the Rebel Alliance and a reader. Take her to the library. All right. Should we jump into our book discussion? We've got. <laughs> I, I, I'm not ignoring that. I'm just moving on awkwardly yeah, from that. No, but you, yeah, you were doing a good job. Good, for good, a minute. good, 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 um, <laughs> good, 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 good. What am I talking about? Okay. Our book of December the month book pick yes. from you. <laughs> Our, yeah. Did you write a, a thing about it? I did. Did you, you not get it? it? The Inheritance of Orchidea Divina or, by Zoraida Cordova. Orchidea. 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 Yeah. Orchidea. No, you're right. yeah. Orchidea Divina by Zoraida Cordova. Uh, you made this pick by using that book page website that we talked about on the last episode. I did. I said I would, and I did. <laughs> and yeah, I'm happy about it. So, how it. was that? How did that work? How did that go? 
it went fine. I just like, I, I went to one of their lists and I was like, oh, this list feel, I can't remember which one I looked at, but I was like, oh, wow. Like these, all of these sound really interesting to me. And I picked one that felt just the most, like that I was excited about reading. Um, and I like that. Yeah. I, I don't know why I don't get that same feeling with Goodreads as much these days. I think it's because there's just too much there and it doesn't feel as curated anymore because mm-hmm. like you look at a list and it's just like you know a lot of people have voted on the lists over many years and it's kind of the same stuff um but this felt like fresh and curated and kind of kind of fun so yeah i don't know i just i'm excited to read it yeah i'm i'm excited too uh it the the bookshop.org page for this Calls it perfect for fans of Alice Hoffman, Isabel Allende, Sarah Addison Allen. If you've read those authors and like them, uh, supposedly this this will fit right into that vein for you. Uh, it's a novel about a family searching for the truth hidden in their past and the power they've inherited. Uh, Zoraida Cordova was born in Ecuador, moved to the U.S. around age five or six, grew up in Hollis, Queens, and was inspired to write uh, by learning that Atwater Rhodes was published when she was 14 years old. Uh, and was like, well, okay, well, I should be able to do that too. Uh, (laughs) After college, she interned at PMA Literary and Film Management, where she met the person who would become her literary agent. Uh, She's written other series, uh, the Vicious Deep series, the Brooklyn Bruja series, and uh, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, A Crash of Fate uh, as well. Uh, Also writes romance novels under the name Zoe Castile and co-hosts the podcast, uh, (gasps) Deadline City. Oh, neat. What's that? Did they say what that's about? Oh, it's a writing. It's a writing podcast. Oh, for very authors. cool. Yeah. Talking about writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very cool. All right. Well, I'm, yeah, I've started listening to it. The audiobook is great so far. So if you're looking for an audiobook to listen to, I, I would already recommend this one. Um, I've been enjoying it quite a bit. So yeah, that's the December pick. Super excited. Um, yeah, and so now get in there and read. I know most of you are like probably almost done, but you know, it's December 2nd. So we have to pretend like it's the beginning. <laughs> it's the beginning. <laughs> I'm only, I'm only like, you know, a couple chapters in, I'm not that far in. Oh, I'm, I'm very, I, I've barely started it. Like okay. I, I don't know. I, I don't know much at all. Done. Oh no, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm behind. Uh, cause I too have had a lot going on and not a lot of time to read, especially so, with James that say Corey coming out. I'm like, with oh, all these crap. books, I, need I to know divide this back up. Yeah. It's hard. Um, but we are going to wrap tonight and it will be a spoilery discussion of Aurora rising slash the prefect by Alistair Reynolds. Um, so thank you to all the folks who contributed to the conversations over on Goodreads. Um, I loved this book. I thought it was really? great. I really enjoyed it. You sound it. surprised that you loved it. I don't know why I, I don't know why I feel surprised. Um, it just, it felt like such a Tom read. I know I mentioned this in the last episode, <laughs> but there were so many points And it wasn't in this even book. really my pick. It was Tomahome who, who did all of the campaigning for it. And I just plucked it, uh, and said, yeah, that looks great. Let's read it. Uh, but I can see why you would say that. Yeah, it felt like, you know, it's so funny because I, I have never actually read any Raymond Chandler, but now I always like feel like I relate things to Raymond Chandler just based on your other recommendations <laughs> of books that feel like Raymond Chandler books. Uh-huh. Okay, I could do that. <laughs> so... Yeah, And it's probably been two decades since I read a Raymond Chandler, but I, I was so into them uh, yeah. in the 90s. Yeah. 
So now I feel like I, I know by via osmosis what these books are supposed to feel like. <laughs> absorb <Yeah>. noir. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was um, I, the world building was so interesting to me, um, and you know I think like Dreyfus was like. I don't agree with any of the characterizations of how he's supposed to look from that thread on Goodreads. Oh, like yeah. I did not picture him that way at all. Um, but that's fine. But I, I liked his, his, he had a really good vibe. Um, he's obviously been through a lot. Um, I loved his relationship with, um, oh my gosh, I have to go through all of the names. Uh, Amanye, mm-hmm. um, Jane Amanye. Yeah. Um, they're, you know, this very respectful relationship that they had, um, you know, where she trusted his judgment and he trusted her leadership and he was very, you know, loyal to her, which obviously was important, um, when so much was going on to, to undermine her authority, like while she was kind of at the, at the mercy of the scarab and the clockmaker and the clockmaker is just such an interesting character and such a super like i feel like i haven't in science fiction like really experienced a character i mean i'm sure there's been characters like that but i just wanted to learn more i just wanted to like experience more of of that particular dude um and aurora who is like the 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 antagonist, like the perfect, the perfect antagonist. And now they just exist on the glitter band, like in this kind of, you know, opposite give and take, like, no, like they, they have this power struggle now mm-hmm. where they're, they're just in perfect harmony almost with their, their abilities and their powers and living kind of ambiently in the background, um, which is such an interesting thought. Like everyone's always just going to forever be on this like knife's edge of destruction um, between these two like superhuman omniscient entities that are seeking to control like the human race in many ways. Yeah. It's almost mythological uh, in in the way it's like, and, and so from then on uh, the, the forces of, well, not light and dark, because I don't know which one would really be yeah. good or bad. But I think there's two really evil. powerful forces uh, fighting in, uh, in in the background while we live our lives in their shadow, basically. Yeah. And I could see, I could see this being a standalone book and just saying, and that's how it was, you know, because that that's totally. almost a satisfying ending. And possibly Reynolds was thinking it would be standalone when he finished it. Uh, but then there is definitely curiosity of like, well, okay, but how's it turn out? You know, what happens? Does it break back yeah. out into human society or is it, okay, you so know, I need to know chat room is kind of blowing up right now. They're saying like Tomahomey says, I wanted to hit Ga- Oh, Gaffney. Okay. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Everybody wanted to hit Gaffney. I, I saw that and I thought Dreyfus. I'm like, wait, why do people want to hit Dreyfus? Um, no, Gaffney, Gaffney was such and, a turd. Yes. What a douche. From your perspective as the reader, but from Gaffney's perspective, this is why I like this book so much too. Uh, Gaffney made perfect sense from Gaffney's perspective. Gaffney, yeah. Gaffney is right. Gaffney's the freaking hero of his story, and he was mm-hmm. betrayed. And look what happened. 
Uh, it's not like, you know, Aurora didn't get out anyway. And now we have the clockmaker out too. Gaffney sees this book as a tragic ending of like, this is the worst possible scenario. The two most powerful beings are now, I told you, I told you this would happen. Uh, and not that I agree with Gaffney in any way. Uh, it, I'm totally on Dreyfus's side and, and, and I'm with the way Dreyfus approached this, but I get Gaffney. Like there is an internal logic. It wasn't just like, well, you're you're just not thinking it through, or you're or you're being blind to certain facts. Like Gaffney made sense. Uh, it, was, it was very complex, and I think that's another thing I like about this is even though it is like a detective novel, a police procedural, um, Dreyfus isn't the bad cop. A lot of times in film noir and Chandler type mm-hmm, novels, mm-hmm. you've got a private investigator, right? And they 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 cut corners because they're not actually police and so they can get away with stuff, but they've got a heart of gold. So you know they're never gonna cross <laughs> yeah. the line too much. Uh whereas mm-hmm. Dreyfus is like he's by the book. He's he's the one who's like, no, no, we shouldn't cut corners. No, we we like, he's no, trying we're not to, gonna use the weapons. They didn't he's vote for the weapons. Them, I don't want to use the weapons. Yeah, he's trying to pull them back and be like, no, 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 no. The, we really like he's realistic. He's not he's not like some ideologue who's like just over there shouting, we've got to follow the rules. He's like he's he's even willing to bend the rules when it's when he feels it's necessary but he's like but we should be focusing on justice and we should not use nukes and yeah there are lines uh i think i think this is fascinating that way yeah like you said those those alien characters man oh they're so good that's where this didn't really remind me of the other reynolds i've i've read i've read a lot of the blue remembered earth oh i haven't it was yeah it was when when you started to learn more about aurora uh, and how Aurora treated people and the clockmaker. I'm like, okay, this is, this is feeling more like the Reynolds that I have read. Okay. So they come up in, is that no, part no, no. of I, Blue Remembered Earth series? is an entirely separate series. Okay. Okay. I'm just saying it felt more like, oh yes, these are the kinds of things I'm used to getting from Reynolds. Whereas the police procedural part was like, oh yeah, this is kind of like not mundane, but like, you know, it's, it's not as high concept It's not a, you know, it's not as mind expanding, uh, whereas once you learn about Aurora and the clockmaker, you're like, oh yeah, these are entirely alien. These aren't like, it's an alien, but it's kind of like Hitler or whatever. Like, no, this is, this is like, uh, an, an entirely different way of thinking and being. And Reynolds is really good at that. Yeah. Um, who was your favorite? Well, okay. Two things. One, one cats, um, is that, uh, I just realized that on Riverside, it shows you, uh, the time of when people are when they're chatting like it shows their local time and erica it's three o'clock in the morning where you are what you know are you what doing? don't shame erica <laughs> i'm just i'm just honored erica's up to... late yeah 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 we're honored absolutely i'm i'm just honored um and this is me who goes to bed at 9 30 so i'm just like impressed i think and yeah honored. that's why veronica we both we're both early to bed yeah. people so yeah we get it. And then I wanted to talk a little bit about um, my favorite character in this book was actually Clepsydra. And really? I do not feel like I got enough. Like, I want the Clepsydra backstory. Like, I want to uh-huh. learn more about um, kind of her, like, that, the conjoiner, like, situation. Like, I, maybe other books go into that more. I know more books kind of explore the the ultras and the conjoiners and some of the other, like, you know, humanoid species out there. Um, I'm sure it's all part of the the trilogy or the series. But yeah, 
I, I thought she was super cool. And I love how she came around at the end to just like mess with Gaffney and be like, <laughs> like, oh, you thought you won? Guess what? I'm Guess literally what? haunting your whip hound. I am here to like mess you up. And she got hers at the end. And that made me like super stoked. It felt very, it felt very satisfying. Yeah. Uh, I, I hope you do get more clips. I draw. I don't know if you do or not, but I, I, I absolutely uh, do. I, I'm torn. Part of me loves Talia. Uh, I feel okay. like, mm-hmm. I feel like that was really a, a sort of a, a, a uh, a young take it's it, it was a here's here's what the next generation it, it's not a young dreyfus but it's the next generation after dreyfus this is yeah uh this is how they they are going to be which one of the things reynolds does so well is creates a big a world much bigger than the story he's telling so the reason that you're like i want more club sidra is because you also want more conjoiners and you want more of the ultras and you want more about talia ing and what does she do like everything is deep uh, and so I really liked Talia and and her side story where she's like having to, for the first time, instead of being like Dreyfus, where I'm going to rely on my years of experience, Talia's like, well, crap, I'm going to rely on my ingenuity because I don't have years of, of experience. But I also liked um, Sparver. Uh, oh, yeah. I, no, I know. He was great. I, I feel like maybe <laughs> Sparver's my favorite, though. We just don't get a, a, enough of Sparver. But it, when he comes in, it's like, it's always like, let, let me be yeah dreyfus needs him actually mm-hmm. dreyfus needs the sparver counterweight and and sparver needs the dreyfus uh drive in in some ways it kind of reminds me of amos and holden uh from the expanse right holden's the idealistic one kind of like dreyfus yeah. and amos is the heavy who needs that that conscience uh kind of like sparver you saw Sparver as a heavy? That's interesting. Not so much as a heavy like Amos where, uh, and not to mm-hmm. be spoilery for anyone who hasn't read The Expanse, but Amos is kind of like a a, a a big, you know, bodyguard type. I don't see Sparver so much like that, but but like Sparver's not as worried about the, you know, the the morality of it all. He wants to do right, but he kind of needs Dreyfus to help him. And that's the the respect where I feel like it was. Similar. Yeah. You know, I liked, I liked Talia. I, I... I felt really bad for her. I felt as someone who works in technology, uh-huh. <laughs> I felt a lot of empathy about like messing when her things products up. Shipped and it ruined the glitter band. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, oh, no. she basically like shipped a bad a bad patch. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And so yeah, I was like, ah, oh, should have should have put that through more QA. Like rough. <laughs> um, but yeah, that side story was was. I felt bad for her because she was, you know, doing that all in a, in a vacuum, um, with no contact and, and very little field experience. Um, but she came through in the end and had to make like a lot of tough calls. And I'm really happy that in the end, like her, her father was kind of, um, got to have his comeuppance or not comeuppance, but was, was proven to not have been a traitor. Um, he Mm -hmm. just flew a little too close to the sun. That was, uh, you know, was it firebrand yeah yeah he, he got too close right. to firebrand um like, and so uh, that yeah, was to, to the fire thank you tamahome yeah. i love having a live chat that can find the words that i so easily lose in my <laughs> muddled brain chat you are the wind beneath our vocabulary <laughs> in the spaces between my brain synapses and my mouth yeah. parts uh words get lost sometimes i there's an intention there and it doesn't quite make it to to production um 
But I loved the idea of the habitats and that concept of essentially having like a mini galaxy made up of human created habitats uh, on asteroids or, you know, however they were put together and being like kind of, you know, these discrete societies that can run themselves. And, and the only rule is they have to contribute to the democracy and they have to participate but like very little other oversight. What except, are you saying? Except, and, and Reynolds acknowledges this in the storyline, mm-hmm. right? And that is Gaffney's point is like this experiment in, in libertarian federalism will only work for so long. Yeah. And then it's going mean, to all clear. fall apart. You see it falling apart in, and I in think many ways. That's where, that's what made Gaffney such a deep character is like, well, he's not wrong. I mean, his yeah. solution is, is not, is not right from where I sit, but he is definitely identifying a real problem that a lot of people I don't think want to identify. Like, no, no, our system is great. It'll last forever. It doesn't need tweaking. Uh, and that that's a universal, right? That 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 is a theme that has played out throughout history. Uh, and he executes it so well where it, it just feels pertinent to the glitter band, not a veiled criticism of the society in which Alistair Reynolds lives. Yeah, yeah. Um I think that's, that's spot on. But I love, I loved all of those, uh, those individual habitats and how varied they were. And I love that concept of, you know, you can have totally different societies here and there, and each one can set its own rules within a very simple set of parameters. It is, it's an attractive thought. I keep having this idea and I keep forgetting about what I want to say about it. I can't, and I keep trying to buy you time because I see you're trying to. I know. Oh, great. Okay. Well, it's, it's obviously not that important. Um, but I will say that. Okay. So like, it's very clear. Thank you. That there is something is going to happen. Like Aurora is like, I haven't read the series. I have no spoilers. It's just like, Aurora is probably right. You know, I mean, something's going to happen. And, but like, is it the, is it the job of humanity to uh, how do I word this? Mm-hmm. Aurora's like she, right. Aurora's right. Something awful is going to happen, but is her method of dealing with it the best way? No. Like no. Yeah. But is there other? Are there other ways? No. Yeah. And that's so all, that's also like a real problem that recurs throughout history, which is that doesn't mean you go with Aurora. That means you keep working on finding another solution, <laughs> which is it, that's that's harder when you don't have the solution. You know, it's easy later to be like, well, and obviously they just had to wait for, you know, uh, uh, Dreyfus to finally come up with the solution, which was X, uh, if that's what's going to happen. I'm not saying it is or it isn't. They have, they have to wait for the um, the humanity ending plague to become endemic. Or or they have to wait for someone to to spot something that they they didn't didn't realize uh, and say, ah, that's just an Omicron job that we could have run. Oh my God. Yeah. It was a little too close to home. Felt a little too, uh, too on a little the nose. too current, a little too on the, in the nose. nose, like a test too in the nose, <laughs> like shoving it up there. Uh, um, no, it's uh, but, but yes, yes. You have to, you, you can't just be like, well, th- this is all we have. You, you have to realize that sometimes 
it's an ongoing effort to find the solution. And even when someone finds the solution, it may be not obvious that it's the solution. And then how do you decide that it's the solution? Uh, history always seems so clear cut when you look back on it because you know how it ends. <laughs> you know how, how each yeah, war yeah. ends or each plague. When you're when you're actually living in history, it's it's all uncertain. And uh, humans history don't like is uncertainty. By the victors. Well, yeah. there's also that. That is a separate point uh, as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm less making the histories written by the victors point and more like, oh, well, obviously the way you get out of, you know, the uh, the bubonic plague uh, is you figure out it's rats and you get rid of the rats. <laughs> like, seems obvious. Well, yeah, because we know the history and we know it was rats now. Uh, it's a whole different thing when you're living through it. And people are like, I think it's rats. And people are like, but how do you know? And you're like, I don't know. <laughs> and, and yeah. Anyway, that's all there with Aurora going, this is going to happen. And it's like, okay, but I don't know that putting you in charge is the only solution. Right. Uh, so final thoughts. Um, my final thoughts are Dreyfus is rad. Mm-hmm. Jane Amanier getting her head chopped off was so metal and it was so sick that she survived. That Can was you like imagine the being most like, badass. Yeah, my head chopped off once, you know, whatever. Yeah. It's a thing. So that was dope. That was super awesome. Um, Talia, badass. Glad she got her vindication in the end and yep. survived that whole situation. I enjoyed her little like she had this moment with this mentor like figure. I can't remember mm-hmm. his name. The like Scottish on the guy. planet. Yeah. The Scottish. Um Whiphounds are freaking awesome. I want to pet Whiphound. So deadly. Oh yeah, we didn't even uh, talk felt- about the the sort of like we should we should get authorization to the people. They didn't give it to us. Well, let's take it anyway. <laughs> like Yeah. That was, you know, super, super lame. Um, but you know, I kind of understand the- necessary, even so much that Dreyfus was like, okay, but only up to a point. It was freaking sick that the um Oh, not the, not the conjoiners. The ultras came Mm -hmm. to Jane's like rescue or support because she was, they respected her Mm -hmm. as like a badass leader of Panoply. Pay it forward. Um, (laughs) The names of all the habitats are freaking weird. Like Ruskin Sartorius. Like I want to know. Ruskin Sartorius. Um, What was the other one? What was the one that was, that Talia was on? Um, the names of all their ships are super funny and weird accompaniment of shadows. That was the, that was the, uh, the conjoiner, the conjoiner ship. Um, super weird names. Philip Lascaille. <laughs> like, where does he come up with? I mean, there are like, there's a lot of interesting, I feel like there's a lot of like French Canadian influence in this book. Yeah. Maybe. Um, so I'd be curious to know what the, uh, what the, what the connection there. Um, I, I felt like I wanted to learn more about Yellowstone. I think we talked about that in the last episode. Mm-hmm. We did um, finally get to the surface. Uh, towards we the did end, get right? to the surface. Yep. I kind of was like, is this earth? Is this earth? Was no. this earth? No, it was not earth. Okay. No. It's not all about earth. Earthers. I know. I know. I'm such an earther. God. So yeah. And Gaffney's a dick. The yeah. End. There you go. Uh, Harry B in discord said, I've been reading revelation space all out of order, but I still love it all. 
I am one of those people who don't mind reading things out of order. And for many books, no criticism here, the genre is predictable enough that I can understand what's going on. Reynolds less so, but not less enjoyable. I revel in all his inventions. I had read the sequel to Aurora Rising, Elysium Fire, in 2019. I'm not sure I've even got the feeling of, oh, now I understand after reading (laughs) Aurora Rising, the prefect. It's all such a crazy quilt. You just flow with it. I wonder if anyone else has been reading out of order and what's your experience? Chasm City has been on my to-be-read list, but I'm wondering if I should listen to one of those internet reading order lists, to which Tomahome responded, Reynolds himself says the books are a mosaic, not a series. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think I think that feeling is is means it's working, Harry B. Uh, it's 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 the way it's meant to. I've read books That's, out of order um, because I accidentally bought the second in a series. Uh, sometimes it's fine. Sometimes it plays like it's intended, and in this case, it really is intended. I feel like that shows a lot of skill of the mm. author to be able to to write in that way where you can feel like you can pick up any book and enjoy it as a standalone, but also feel immersed in the wider world that it's a part of. Yeah, absolutely. Pretty dope. All right. Well, I think that kind of wraps up our wrap up. Um, thank you so much to everybody who contributed to the conversation. And thank you for everybody who contributes to the show via Patreon. Uh, we're entirely funded by you, our patrons. Um, you can help support us by heading over to patreon.com slash sword and laser. There's also another way to support the show. You can buy books through our links, find links to the books we talk about and some of our favorites at swordandlaser.com slash picks. We are on Instagram and Twitter at Sword and Laser. You can send us an email at feedback at swordandlaser.com. And all of our discussions that we feature here on the show happen either on goodreads.com slash swordandlaser or on our Discord. You can find info about that over on our website. That's it. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>